Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 320 of the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us today for a grab bag Q&A. Since this is hitting right after Thanksgiving, we thought it would be fun to just round up a whole bunch of lighter questions and we'll cover a broad range of topics still, some of them more sciencey than others. Um, everything from dementia to maintaining a healthy weight during pregnancy to meeting your protein needs to supplements and nutrient needs for teens, our favorite gluten-free baking flour blends, and what's on our holiday wish list. Yes, today will be a fun, light episode, and we are meeting you, like Becky just said, after the Thanksgiving holiday. So we had a really awesome, successful launch with our Black Friday promos. I hope that you all took advantage of those. If you don't yet subscribe to our email newsletter, make sure that you go on over to AllieMillerRD.com. You can scroll down to the bottom to sign up, or there should be a pop-up that kind of calls to action you subscribing to our newsletter newsletter and make sure that you're always checking we do a once a month flash sale where we always have one featured supplement with a bunch of educational literature how it is superior to other products on the market and 18 percent off sale each month on a flash item and then um, we will be doing already i know at the end of december an offering with a discount for our detox packs so it's always great to have these on hand but you may be listening to this at a time where you need some structure and accountability so we do have two live offerings coming in 2023 that's crazy to say out loud uh-huh, sure is. just around the corner uh, first is our live 10-day detox so last time we did this was in the month of July and um, we'll be holding two live classes, one on the 4th of January and then that following Wednesday on the 11th of January. Both classes will be at 12 Central Standard and we recommend that you all join us for class one, either starting your detox on January 4th, a couple days of grace after New Year's Eve and kind of getting back into the swing of things. Some of you will be watching that and then starting that following Monday, which is just fine as well. Uh, But class one is kind of the intro and giving you information on why we need to detox, living clean in a dirty world, navigating uh, process foods and understanding what a whole food is as well as understanding the detox protocol so what to eat what to eliminate how to shift through that 10-day range as well as some food as medicine strategy to reset your metabolism restore optimal digestive health and renew your cellular health Um, so that live program is only $14.99 
You can join that right now. It's available at AllieMillerRD.com. And um, you can participate in both classes on the 4th and the 11th of January. If you aren't able to catch those live, you will get archive recordings to those classes. And you will get for that $14.99 already the most updated version of our detox protocol and ebook, which is already a value of $10. Um, so really great value there. And then we do have a live chat that we keep going during the duration of this program that will go a couple days following so probably closing that out on that following monday um, and that is over on slack as we don't do that on social media this is a free forum for individuals that are in our program that um, can ask questions share recipes stay accountable and motivated and um, we can troubleshoot anything that comes up during that participation in january so check out the 10-day live detox and then if you want something a little bit more comprehensive Becky and I will be doing our first live 12-week food as medicine ketosis program since 2021. That's yeah, crazy to that say out loud. Wild. I think our last one was May of 2021. Yeah. Does that sound right? Like yeah. 18 months later. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So We're bringing it back. Let's tell everyone what is going to be unique about this live offering. We have had the keto program as an archive, which was, you know, the six-week structure already recorded and um, the protocol for you to customize to understand your macros and different adjustments for breastfeeding mamas as well as approaches of carb cycling and approaches of keto for various age ranges as well as various disease states like Hashimoto's thyroiditis or adrenal insufficiency and how you would modify keto for autoimmune and so forth. So that will all be covered in this, um, but this is going to be offered live. So you're going to get updates from the last 18 months in all of our presentations so we'll be revamping our slides and incorporating up-to-date information um let's kind of tell everyone what else they can catch in our program yes you get live support during this program which is huge and that's for the entirety of the 12 week duration so there will be a slack forum this time around for live participants that doesn't exist for those in the archives so if you have a lingering question or want to buddy up with someone else in the program for accountability or just want to you know recipe source um, from all of the other participants it's a great way to stay active and engaged Um, we also include um, various tiers of discounts on our labs and supplements for members of the live class only so you get a built-in during the program anytime you order a supplement you get a discount um, and you get discounts ranging from $25 off a lab all the way up to 250 off of the MRT which is kind of the big buck um, ask maybe Christmas present um, lab yes so you know for just that $299 to participate in the program you're pretty much paying that off if you are a naturally nourished supplement user and or you are curious and wanting to do a functional lab and have not participated in a lab yet this is the time to do it because you have more direct communication with Becky and myself from January 18th when this launches class one is January 18th it's also going to be held on Wednesday noontime central standard and that's every other week so that's going to take you all the way into April spring with a successful launch to really 
ensuring that your metabolism is working best for you. Uh, probably getting off that holiday if you did get any weight gain during the holiday season. A nice reset and focus on food as medicine and just really focusing on your wellness journey as a priority for you at this time. Um, so this is a great thing to ask for on your holiday wish list, a spot in our 12-week Food as Medicine Ketosis Program Live. Again, it's $299. You can also ask coworkers, friends, family members, boyfriends, who not, um, for a gift card to use at AllieMillerRD.com. And that can be in any interval, in, in any interval from $25 to $50 to $150 or $300, you name it. Um, and so that would be something you could use flexible towards a program, lab, or supplement as well. Yes. All right. Uh, before we get into today's questions, let's just have a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Santa Cruz Medicinals. Yes. So Santa Cruz Medicinals makes CBD or cannabidiol that is both potent and pure. When you go on over to scmedicinals.com and use the code AllieMillerRD at checkout, you will get 15% off of your order and you will get free shipping on your order. We love CBD as a great tool to work in harmony with your endocannabinoid system. So every human body is wired with an endocannabinoid system and CBD or cannabidiol has the ability to naturally improve moods, calm anxiety, and regulate stress, as well as counteract cortisol from being released. So we can reduce that fight or flight stress response while aiding in reducing the driver of that stress hormone that can drive belly fat and unfavorable outcomes if too excessive. Um, cannabidiol is a great tool also for neurological health and can be used for pain management all the way to powerful outcomes from injury as well as post-concussive syndrome and brain inflammatory support and beyond. Uh, when we're working with CBD, the trick is that many of the products out there are not tested third party for potency and purity. And so we're not really sure what we're getting. And a lot of these products out there have these micro doses that are really not strong enough to have clinical efficacy. So Santa Cruz Medicinals ensures that all their products are lab tested. They recommend doing a 100 milligram a day trial. So you can take 100 milligrams a day. This could be maybe using their MCT oil uh, tincture of CBD as a concentrate, maybe dosing that somewhere between 30 to 50 milligrams, and then uh, maybe using one of their Calm Caps or Deep Sleep Capsules. Their Deep Sleep Capsule uses valerian and L-theanine and has 50 50 milligrams of CBD per capsule. Um, so taking one of those in the evening plus maybe 50 milligrams with your morning coffee would be a great way for a week consistently to use to then determine efficacy. What did you experience in your body? Were you a little less irritable or a little bit less tense in your neuromuscular system? Did you have better workout performance and recovery and less residual inflammation and fatigue in your system? Uh, so definitely a way to assess based on testing yourself and seeing with consistency what quality CBD can do for you. I will say they also have some really fabulous topicals. So when we're looking at fun holiday gifts um, from their Epsom salt blend, which has essential oils in there along with the CBD infusion, really great to do a soak like premenstrual time uh, to offset period cramps, as well as their pain salves on like um, knees or joint areas of pain or tissue inflammation 
inflammation, um, great uh, tools to check out as well. So go on over to scmedicinals.com. Use the code AllieMillerRD at checkout and uh, check out their fabulous potent and pure offerings. All right. First question is how to shed stubborn belly fat. So maybe we're within five pounds of our goal weight, but the belly just won't budge. Yes. So I usually think in this world about stress, and and it's always important to distinguish if we're talking belly fat versus belly bloat. Yes. So belly bloat, I would go right into thinking of dysbiosis or an inflammatory food response. And belly bloat is going to be much more dynamic, fluctuating. Uh, And so this could be a variance of like three to four or even five inches throughout the day. Uh, And that would be where I would go beat the bloat cleanse and or probiotic challenge. Now, if we're talking about pinchable belly fat, uh, or we're talking about belly fat that's closest to our organs, so there's that subcutaneous, which, which is more of the pinchable skin, the visceral fat closer to our organs, but this would be consistent in the uh, belly space, so not fluctuating or changing. Uh, then we're really looking at intermittent fasting as a great way to get into that visceral fat. Um, and bone broth fast would be my number one recommendation. So doing a bone broth fast, maybe using the fond bone broth jars. We talk about in our YouTube video, we'll link a couple different resources on how to do a bone broth fast. This might be a great consideration where we are right between Thanksgiving and Hanukkah or Christmas to just push the reset button. I have so many patients in my my clinic, excuse me, doing bone broth fasts from the month of October into January every other week, three-day pulses. It's just an easy way to offset all of the indulgences that find us around the holiday time and to maintain versus gain weight through the holiday season. Um, But you can do a bone broth fast by consuming two quarts of bone broth And then you would use our Reset, Restore, Renew detox packs. So one pack three times a day, rise, middle of the day, and in the evening. And then if you're using something like Fond Bone Broth, it would just be simply four of their jars of bone broth. And you can do that for a three to five day stretch. Um, In our YouTube video, we talk about different ways to modify. Like if you wanted to add cauliflower rice to get more sulfur containing uh, support for actual detoxification. Or if you're hungry, maybe adding some protein to your bone broth, like uh, cooking down some fish like halibut in a shiitake bone broth, or um, adding in some uh, beef or chicken, you know, any form of protein would be an add-in for hunger there. But check out on our YouTube channel, How to Do a Bone Broth Fast, and then a three-day bone broth fast as two different videos to support you there. Uh, Let's talk, Becky, a little bit on the stress connection. So I already mentioned CBD could be considered because Mm -hmm. cortisol drives belly fat. Uh, What would be other considerations there? Yeah, I think about that cortisol as creating this like life raft, right? Yeah. That fat is there because your body is not getting into, you know, metabolism kind of breakdown mode because it's scared. It's in scarcity mode or survival mode. Um, And so first thing I would think of there is use of calm and clear. Um, And so bringing that in at like two capsules, you know, three times daily as as a baseline, if you are someone who runs 
higher stress. And maybe through the holidays, that actually pulses up to more like nine a day. So three capsules, three times daily. Um, but that Calm and Clear is going to have um, some nourishing compounds in terms of B vitamins, vitamin C, magnesium to actually support the nutrient demand that goes on with stress response. And then it has adaptogens and nervines to kind of tone things down a little bit. Um, L-theanine to help with concentration and focus um, and uh, phosphatidylserine, which actually is going to reduce that cortisol expression. And that's probably the key player in terms of the belly fat cortisol connection. Yeah. So I think Calm and Clear, I mean, that's my favorite supplement. It literally keeps me alive because I'm pretty high wired HPA axis overdrive individual. Uh, So Calm and Clear would be number one. And then I would say right on its heels would be Relax and Regulate and then followed by Adaptogen Boost. So relax and regulate is going to be that magnesium bisglycinate that crosses the blood-brain barrier and tells the pituitary in the brain that it doesn't have to continue to stimulate cortisol production from the adrenals. So you actually get that blood-brain barrier passage in the form of magnesium bisglycinate. No other form of magnesium has that influence. So doing like the calm powder at your grocery store with magnesium is not going to be equivalent to our relax and regulate. Even if you're comparing milligrams, it's because of the structure and form of the type of magnesium used in the product. And then that also has that myo-inositol in there, which can be very supportive as an anxiolytic or a stress reducer, as well as supporting deep quality sleep. And we know that when our sleep is optimized, that our metabolism is also optimized. And that's where we get that good uh, metabolic body fat burn, um, good adiponectin activity, which is that gray fat in the body when we have deeper REM cycles of sleep. And then adaptogen boost would be great during this time of still probably burning the midnight oil or doing all the events and such with the holidays. Adaptogen boost has three different adaptogens that offset our stress-induced fatigue so that we don't have to go into those adrenals for that fight or flight surge, but we have a more well-rounded stress resilience going on. So calm and clear, relax and regulate, and adaptogen boost. Those are huge for that belly fat if it is stress-driving belly fat, um, and especially for people that are experiencing irritability, short fuse, bitiness, uh, fight-or-flight surges, which could include anxiety or panic attack, as well as palpitations. All of that would kind of fit into that umbrella. Yes, and also in the hormone world of things, we think of estrogen as a big driver of belly fat, especially estrogen dominance or an imbalance of excessive estrogen or too little progesterone to estrogen ratio in the body. Yes. So this is where I would go forward with the Brocco detox as the most powerful tool there. Uh, That's going to aid in reducing that excess estrogen and support healthy estrogen metabolism. We had an awesome episode a little bit ago uh, on uh, estrogen metabolism and breast health. Uh, So you can check that out. We'll link that episode. And then also episode 281 talked about estrogen dominance updates. And right alongside with the Brocco detox would be the 10-day detox as a protocol and or using those reset restore renew detox packs which again could also be layered on with a simple bone broth fast if we just want to sip and forget and watch that belly fat melt we do have to support the excretion of toxins otherwise as we lose body weight our fat cells will release more estrogen and that will only you know resurface with that belly fat coming back 
And then you mentioned employing intermittent fasting, uh, but I think, you know, keto as a tool is fabulous here. So maybe joining that live keto program um, and layering on some supplementation in addition to, you know, a ketogenic diet, which is going to see accelerated fat burn, but the boost and burn um, would be a fabulous, fabulous tool here. And we did a whole episode um, a while back all about carnitine and have some really powerful research in there about its direct effect on your body fat levels. Awesome. Okay. So pretty thorough. So as always, you don't have to jump into all three solutions. Kind of think of for that individual with that question where you are at your journey. Uh, you know, if we're talking about a dude that is any range of, you know, 20 plus um, and they're maybe not on top of their workout game, I would start that guy on the boost and burn and getting back into the gym and carb control, maybe going into nutritional ketosis. If we're talking about a postmenopausal woman who's also having hot flashes and estrogen imbalance, then we'd probably go into that Brocco detox, the detox packs, and playing with that. Um, and then, you know, if it's an individual that is uh, maybe not having hormone ba- imbalance yet, but is a high stress type A individual, man or woman, we'd go for that calm and clear, relax and regulate and adaptogen boost. Totally. All right. Next one. Best type of water filter. All right. So we actually have an episode out there from 292 called All About Water. And in that episode, we talk about reverse osmosis, rain barrel collection, well water, municipal tap water, bottled water, and so much more. Um, But the best type of water filter out there is going to be a reverse osmosis filter. I will link Radiant Life, um, their whole house filtration system. Um, I do have a discount link code in there, and you can also use the code AllieMillerRD. Um, and we talk about them in more detail in episode 292. You just always want to make sure if you do have an RO filter that it is remineralizing and that you stay on top of your electrolyte uh, game. So ensure that you are getting more magnesium like the relax and regulate and then um, you are using quality mineral salt like redmond real salt uh, and and then making sure that you are getting those trace minerals through your filtration system all right alcohol does it fit into the wellness picture yikes do you dare (laughs) (laughs) yes so the answer is you know i I mean there was just a recent study that came out a couple months back that looked at something like very sad it was like anything over four ounces uh for women and anything over six ounces where it used to be like one to two drinks for women and two Mm -hmm. to three for men uh as far as studies i haven't laid my hands on that research study so i can't comment on it yet Uh, but it was kind of you know foo-fooing alcohol in general. And I will say, yes, alcohol is a form of a neurotoxin. Uh, We talk about this in our episode 240, the second episode with Dry Farm Wines, uh, when we talked with Todd, uh, who is one of their owners and founders, and um, also episode 98, where we talk about you know, wine as a toxin or the dirty story behind wine and glyphosate residue and um, what we see with agricultural practices creating more contaminants in our end products. So I would say alcohol does fit though, because as we talk about in this episode uh, 240, there definitely are ceremonial elements of uh, wine or alcohol consumption that we've seen for 
centuries, truly, um, you know, fermentation and spirits have been used for a very long time for celebration, for connection, um, to release and to lower inhibitions and provoke creativity and communal gatherings. Um, I think it's all about, uh, knowing where you're at as far as the cleanest sourcing available and the lowest toxicity, as well as maintaining moderation and then offsetting the impact of the toxin in the body. And so my selections of alcohol would be dry farm wines. Um, you can go on over to dryfarmwines.com slash AllieMillerRD or use AllieMillerRD at checkout. Um, and what I love about them is that these are old world wines. And so every wine that you drink from Dry Farm Wines is going to have a story. It's going to be small produced by often families that have been passed down these vineyards for um, multiple decades. And dry farming is basically not using agricultural irrigation, which would speed up the grape weight, um, which grapes are sold by their poundage. Um, and so you're actually getting more antioxidant, a slower growing grape um, that isn't force irrigated. You're also having a little bit more managed sugar content in these individual wines. Of course, they're not adding any sugar, which many winemakers in California and such are adding sugar to increase the alcohol percent. Um, and we're also seeing with dry farm wines, lower alcohol percent. So you're getting lower of the toxin, more of the the resveratrol, the antioxidants and phyto compounds, and then they also lab test for residue of glyphosate. So it's actually glyphosate free wine. They are low residual sugars, so they're keto friendly wines. And uh, again, going to have higher amounts of the microbiome boosting compounds as well as those phytocompound antioxidants. So I feel really solid with drinking dry farm wines. Um, I do have about a glass um, or two, probably four to five times a week as a pretty commonly consumed food. Um, and anytime I go above a glass, I will have a detox pack. Um, so that's one great way to kind of offset that insult. But I really feel solid about the, the types and the selections when I allow dry farm wines to do the curation for me. So food for thought for wine lovers to make sure that you're doing it um, in a way that is still health supporting. Yes. And then um, I'm looking at clear spirits as being a best choice as far as histamine is concerned. Um, spirits are often going to be very molecularly distilled. And so, you know, you'll see like a triple distillation vodka or something like that. Um, I am a big proponent of Sotol, which is a... Um, cleaner version of it's not tequila because it's not made from the agave plant it's made from so tall grasses um, but it is made in um, the plains of texas and in mexico and more of a traditional spirit that can only be made with so tall at this time based on definition uh, so desert door so tall out here in the hill country is fabulous uh, very clean and um, nowadays tequila can have corn upwards of 51 percent of its makeup uh, so i watch out for tequila in general but if i am doing tequila i'm going to do a blanco and look for an organic tequila and or mezcal mezcal has a little bit higher integrity of definition based on the processing and so to date mezcal does not have corn in it um, so that's another way to kind of know you're going cleaner there and the reason being is that we use much more agricultural input and chemical with corn than we do with agave sure. and so you know there aren't huge agave fields at this time that are relying on roundup um, and that's why I, I would stay corn free in there not just to know because of the toxicity of that agricultural input if you will yes. 
Um, and then, so if I'm doing tequila, I would do like a low carb margarita kind of thing. Um, so tall, my favorite ratio right now is two ounces of grapefruit juice. Um, I've done a holiday version and made that pomegranate juice, which is fun, um, with one ounce of lime and two ounces of sotol. And then just shaking that up and putting that on ice and sometimes adding sparkling water. Um, so doing that with pomegranate might be a fun thing to do over the holidays and then top it with some pomegranate seeds. I feel like I should blog that. And then um, as an easy canned option, I love the Ranch Rider Spirits out of Austin, Texas. And it's one of the only canned tequila beverages that actually uses tequila. Many of the other canned quote-unquote Paloma or Margarita-ish type beverages just use ethanol or malt um, beverage. And so again, you're dealing with corn versus agave. And although I don't like agave nectar as a sweetener, agave is a lot cleaner as a source to make alcohol out of. All right, moving right along. I would like more info on supplementing a pubescent teen. What tests would be beneficial to figure out what is going on with their bodies and what they need? And they didn't specify if this was a boy or a girl. Okay. Sure. Well, so the first thing with a pubescent teen is to know that there's a lot going on. Yep. (laughs) There's a lot of volatility happening. And so I wouldn't really rush into, unless we're talking about a teenage girl that is dealing with such painful periods that you're already doing our protocol. We could link the episode on painful period Mm -hmm. management or something like that. I think it's, I don't know, hormone updates and painful periods. Um, So I would say if it's a teen that's dealing with really painful periods, Start with that protocol first before even exploring hormone imbalance and um, hormone testing. But if you're to the level of considering prescriptive birth control um, because of the pain and you're already doing the super turmeric, relax and regulate and the inflammazyme and the EPA, DHA extra, that's kind of the four tools to bring in to regulate inflammation, then maybe I would test hormones because there could be some endometriosis or there could be some dynamic estrogen dominance or something that we could intervene with to help that individual. Um, If we're talking about a boy that has slow onset of puberty and we're worried about them meeting their DHEA and testosterone, I would really focus on blood sugar balance first and making sure that they're meeting all their protein needs. And for both uh, you know, teens, as I say, kiddos, um, you know, the, the girls that are menstruating would be on the multi-defense with iron. And then the boys would just be taking multi-defense. They don't need that iron unless they have been diagnosed with anemia, um, or it's a vegan teen boy or a vegetarian teen boy of which I would say it would be really important to try to transition them into a meat drinker, meat, meat eater, excuse me, meat a meat drinker. drinker. That sounds interesting. Bone, bone broth. And meat I guess. Drink. Yeah. A meat drink, <laughs> um, a meat eater because of the importance of the biological protein that they will get from animal products that they just can't get from vegetarian sources and for a pubescent teen to get the phytoestrogens in many of the vegan and vegetarian products I'm not very excited about getting high amounts of phytoestrogen in a pubescent boy that is trying to get surges of testosterone I think that that interferes with sexual hormone development. Um, And so, you know, a call to action on any teens, because I know that there's huge movements always in cultural movements. I, Becky and I fell victim. We were vegans and um, vegetarians prior. And, you know, I was bit by that at age uh, 17 and uh, really became hardcore vegetarian at age 18 and a half and was vegan all the way through age 21 then. Um, And so those were really important uh, sexual hormones still developing years um, that I was on both hormonal birth control 
and right. a vegan yep. diet. So not great um, <laughs> for someone that has endometriosis such as myself. Um, so definitely I would say if considering hormonal birth control, that might be a time to test hormones. Otherwise, don't worry about testing. Focus on the multi-defense or the multi-defense with iron focus on nourishing their bodies and and really having them meet their protein goals from animal rich protein sources at all meals um, and getting a variety of antioxidants from fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds. Um, other supplements to consider, I would bring in potentially like inflammazine for the athlete. So whether this is a ballerina or a gymnast or a football player or soccer player, inflammazine is going to be the best for um, supporting connective tissue repair after an intensive workout um, and also reducing pain so that the teens aren't reaching for an over the counter NSAID or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, Inflamazyme would be a great go to for the athlete in the household. Calm and Clear, Adaptogen Boost, and or Gabacalm, all considerations for the stressed student. So Calm and Clear can be used as early as the child can swallow a pill. So this could be age seven um, and up. And especially for children that are experiencing anxiety that is interfering with their quality of life. Uh, Calm and Clear is a fabulous way to just modulate that fight or flight stress response and mellow us out so that we can concentrate and focus without feeling the need to survive. Um, so it could start with two capsules daily at that age. And then as we get into the teens and, and double digits, even, you know, preteen, we could go up to four a day and then kind of six to eight, even um, in a high stressed, anxious teen. Definitely going to be more supporting than jumping into the world of pharmacotherapy. As we know, early use of SSRIs can drive more severe mental illness. So we really want to hold off on any of those neurotransmitter influencing medications and first start with the nutrients that help to create balance. Uh, GABACalm as a chewable form for supporting academic performance and testing as well as social anxiety and that fight or flight surge or performance. Um, So that's a really fabulous, flexible one. Um, Relax and regulate to get into deep restful sleep and relax neuromuscular system from tension from stress. And then I do think beyond the multi that all um, teens and preteens should be on our Restore Baseline Probiotic. Great way to support healthy mood. We know that, you know, probiotics are nature's Prozac. Um, So great way to prevent depression, support um, anxiety regulation, but also support bowel regularity, aid in the immune system during cold flu viral season, and so much more. All right. And then if wanting to go into lab work, like Ali said, not a great time to test hormones because so much is in flux unless there's something really deep going on. Um, But the micronutrient panel would be a really good starting point, Um, especially if you do have a teen who, you know, is thinking about going vegan or is vegan or um, is avoiding certain groups of foods or maybe needs the concrete proof on paper that they need to be taking all of these supplements that you're handing them, right? Yes. Um, or, or going off to college and you want to have them on a, you know, very specific nutrient-rich diet and supplementation plan for their own body. I think that would be the one lab that I would consider in this population. Yeah. And I'll especially use that for, um, you know, preteens and teens that are constantly getting sick, yes. like, you know, maybe had Epstein-Barr and just can't recover or dealing with swollen lymph nodes or a constant nagging croupy cough um, and uh, multiple rounds of COVID, you name it. Um, so for the immune kind of compromised um, individuals or those with recurring injuries, yep. like the athletes, that's another good one to look at. 
All right, next up. Can you do anything about geographic tongue? Okay, so geographic tongue is basically a series of red patches on the tongue's surface, and it's surrounded by these like whitish borders. Uh, there's bald areas on the tongue where the papillae have disappeared, um, and so it's this rough, irregular surface, if you will. Um, we do see vitamin deficiency to be the primary driver, likely, of geographic tongue, and we look at zinc, iron those are two animal rich food sources okay as well as b vitamins such as folate b6 and b12 um, and so starting with the multi-defense for this individual will be huge ensuring that they're meeting their protein goal per day um, so generally trying to get um, about for an individual that um, a minimum of 80 grams of protein a day um, and we're probably looking at about three quarters of an ounce per pound of body weight, give or take, as a rule of thumb. Um, and we know that when we're getting our protein goals, again, that's where we're getting the biologically available minerals and B vitamins. And so that's why you're kind of getting that that foundational coverage there. Um, we can also layer in a B complex for an individual that is um, higher stressed and has more tendencies towards B vitamin deficiency. And then I would have them bring in our B12 boost as well if dealing with the geographic tongue. Now we have seen as far as standardized treatments that often a topical antifungal drug is used. However, when we've cultured geographic tongue, we don't see a strain of candida species. So it could be some other form of dysbiosis or a fungal imbalance in the body. Um, so I would definitely consider doing oral rinses and, and um, tongue scraping may not be very practical because of that dysregulated surface and that could create kind of cuts and such, but um, definitely doing oil pulling with coconut oil, um, using a quality um, oral rinse that has some natural antifungals and antimicrobials like the um, uh, perio wash is one that comes to mind that has like tea tree and CoQ10 in it. And then um, I would also look at the beat the bloat cleanse, especially if the individual has any dysbiosis tendencies. So you could take our dysbiosis quiz or do our probiotic challenge first to kind of determine where the microbiome is. But definitely bringing in probiotic support would be a strong consideration as well. And I would go for the rebuild spectrum in this world because it has that antifungal support with the Saccharomyces boulardii. All right, next up. EPI, which is exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. GI doctor said Creon, functional said digestive enzymes. Thoughts or recommendations? So they're saying the same thing is yeah. the answer. <laughs> so Creon is um, going to be pancreatic uh, lipase, basically. And uh, Creon is used for individuals that have pancreatic insufficiency. And the pancreas is the gland in the body that produces your digestive enzymes. So our digestate does have the amylase and the lipase in there. Um, you can look at other pancreatic enzyme formulas out there that actually have the ingredient noted of pancreatin, which is going to come from porcine. So this is pork derived. Um, and pancreatin is going to have that suite of the lipase, protease, and amylase in there. And I've seen really remarkable results um, on a stool test. We look at pancreatic um, elastase levels and really remarkable results just bringing in digestate at two with every 
meal where we yep. bring it from single digits even where it's like there probably is something you know seriously going on with the the pancreas um, into normal range and, and individuals will see you know better bowel formation and uh, better digestion and all of the things so I would start with enzymes for sure yeah and super important to really ensure that when we look at that pancreatic insufficiency that we also know that of course the pancreas does other things like make important hormones like insulin and glucagon and so we want to screen that individual for blood sugar balance Mm -hmm. in the body as well Um, and going lower carbohydrate would allow less need for both of those hormones being produced because it regulates your glucose levels which means you're stressing the pancreas and the liver less which would be an important consideration so this person might also want to join our keto class and I will say that with digestive enzymes I often get this question oh well if I take the digest aid is my body going to get lazy then and not make digestive enzymes but we've actually seen the opposite like Becky mentioned with stool tests when we increase the digest aid and individuals use digestive enzymes prior to meals their pancreas actually often gets stimulated and they actually start to organically put out more digestive enzyme which over time relies on less need to use digest aid All right. Can you talk about dementia? I've heard it referenced as type 3 diabetes. Do you think diet can cure or at least delay symptoms and prolong quality of life? Okay. So we do have a couple part episode on Alzheimer's. It's episode 110 and 112, way back there, like four years ago. And uh, this went through a lot of the focus of, yes, the fact that when we're talking about glycosylation and we're talking about these ages or these advanced glycation end products, that we are looking at our A1C as a predictor or that hemoglobin A1C three-month blood sugar average as a predictor of diabetes, excuse me, of diabetes, of course, and as a predictor of dementia. Um, and so that's why we are calling it type 3 diabetes because we know for individuals that have a A1C that's elevated, that they have substantially increased risk factor of that glycosylation. More sugar in the bloodstream means more ability for that tar-like plaque formation. Um, and when we look at different approaches to Alzheimer's, that's why we'll see the ketogenic diet as a huge tool because the ketogenic diet is going to reduce the amount of inflammatory output in the brain. Um, You actually see less um, free radicals, less reactive oxygen species when using ketones versus glucose as fuel. Um, We also see with nutritional ketosis more brain-derived neurotrophic factor and so more activity driving uh, neurogenesis or new neuropathways, which is really beautiful. Um, And we look at the connection of the pancreas with dementia as well as when we look at nerve growth factor or NGF, we know that this is based on the health of our beta cells of our pancreas. And our beta cells of our pancreas are the same cells that produce our insulin. So if we have elevated insulin levels um, and elevated A1C, then we're going to have decline in our brain space, which can impact memory, both long-term and short-term, and drive um, cognitive issues. And um, we talked in one of those two episodes, I'm not sure which one, but about Dale Bredesen and um, his pretty remarkable study, Reversal of Cognitive Decline, a novel therapeutic program. And so he's focused as well on a low glycemic, low inflammatory, low grain program, high antioxidant um, diet for sure. Um, And then you know, fasting, I think would be a really good tool here too. at least doing like a 12 hour fast with 
at-risk individuals, um, extending that to 16 wherever possible and cutting off, you know, eating three hours prior to bed at the very least, um, reducing stress, bringing in yoga and meditation, I think could be huge for these individuals as well. Yes. And then as far as if it's a preventative or treatment supplement support that would be considered would be the EPA DHA extra. And you might want to go for the liquid, especially if it's an elderly parent that um, is already swallowing a lot of pills and doesn't want to swallow those big fish oil capsules. The EPA DHA uh, extra in the liquid form is going to be really flexible dosing there. And you could even mix that with like MCT oil, Mm -hmm. which MCT oil has also been shown because it boosts ketone production to be supportive in Alzheimer's research. Uh, I would also look at CoQ10 complex as a powerful tool like two daily um, for an individual that we're looking at more for treatment or at least daily use for prevention. And then our cellular antiox because we know that the N-acetylcysteine has been shown in research just at 500 milligrams a day, which is less than what's in one capsule to block the oxidative damage in Alzheimer's disease progression. So that's going to be great insurance if you are there. And then um, absolutely a food is medicine approach to keto would be a great thing to ensure that you're optimizing brain health. All right, next up. I'm struggling to get my protein goal for my macros. I'm at 60 grams carbs, 120 protein, 90 grams of fat. First of all, does that sound good for a breastfeeding mom who's looking to lose some of the baby weight? If so, how do I meet my protein goals? All right, so it would depend on what stage of breastfeeding and ensuring, of course, that you have healthy, robust production and that you are focusing on feeding baby first. (laughs) That's always the priority. So with breastfeeding mamas, I don't recommend uh, intermittent fasting because I want them to get more consistent nourishing, nourishment, excuse me, throughout the day. Um, And so, you know, I would say when I look at this total of the calories of those macros, it looks a little bit on the lower end, Mm -hmm. especially if this individual is exercising. But I would say if baby is six plus months and is also eating solids and, um, you know, is not relying solely on breast milk as the fuel source, that probably means that we're not putting out as much breast milk and not burning as many calories with breastfeeding. So that could be appropriate. It's just going to depend on the body fat reserves of the individual, their output to monitor, and um, then ensuring that they are not fasting more than 12 hours. So, you know, like within an hour or two of rise before you breastfeed your baby that second or third time, make sure at least you feed yourself Yeah, Um, because it can get difficult when we're busy. Um, And this is where often, you know, we want to think of the quick grab and go options. So honestly, if you're a busy mama and you don't want to deal, start your day off with a jar of bone broth. Um, That way you're going to get 20 grams of protein right off the bat. Um, And you're going to also get good electrolytes. So that's going to give you good robust energy without the excitatory stimulus of caffeine and then if you need your matcha latte you could do that after and then you could even add um, collagen peptides into your coffee or tea but I think starting the day with the bone broth would be a really good approach totally Um, and then you have that secondary vehicle with your caffeinated beverage for a little bit of protein Uh, I would ensure that you do a a shake daily with 1.5 scoops of grass-fed whey if you're trying to get that 120 grams of protein Um, because that's going to be a great insurance policy giving you 35 grams of protein plus in that scoop and a half. Um, And if you haven't checked out yet, we have our smoothie and shake ebook, which has 21 recipes of whole food-based smoothies and shakes that are all glycemically balanced, 
would really be appropriate for this individual's macros that they're looking to achieve. And the ebook is only $1.99. So it's a really great resource to have on hand to mix things up. Flavor profile. These would be really appropriate if you have a little toddler running around or another child um, to do this smoothie as an option for breakfast or for an after-school snack, um, but a really great way to help you to meet your protein goals when you don't have time to stop and chew. So sipping, you're hearing a theme here. This is all yes. sippable so far. <laughs> uh, and then we're looking at at least two servings where you are able to sit down with five plus ounces of protein, and that's going to keep you well within that 120 plus gram of protein a day goal. So that would mean that you're having, um, you know, steak with Brussels sprouts and half of a roasted sweet potato for dinner. And um, maybe you're doing some mango curry chicken salad in butter lettuce cups with some black beans on the side as your lunch. Yes. Sounds delicious. And I'm taking notes because I'm going to be back there before I know it. <laughs> yep. Well, in real life, you're back there right yeah, now. We're I just am. in the future. I'm in the future. <laughs> I am. Breastfeeding successfully and doing great with my smoothie. Intake. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, next one, also pregnancy related. Let's see. Is it safe to lose weight while pregnant if I'm obese? How can it be done in a healthy way? Yeah. So, you know, generally speaking, when we're talking about an individual that's clinically obese or has a BMI over 30, it's absolutely possible and beneficial likely to lose weight. Um, and, you know, in that first trimester in general, we're not looking at weight gain as a priority. So if we were overweight, to actually see some weight loss during that first trimester and then maintenance and then only a little bit of gain at the end of the pregnancy when fluid is going up would be absolutely appropriate because we know obesity with pregnancy can drive, of course, gestational diabetes, elevated blood pressure, which can drive drama like preeclampsia. We can see premature birth with individuals that are holding excess body fat as well as higher risk for heart defects with the baby and cesarean delivery as well as blood clots, especially in the legs, and more susceptibility to infections. So maintaining a healthy weight would be important. Um, If we do have a BMI of over 30, we really don't want to gain more than 11 to 20 pounds, I would say 11 to 15 pounds, during your pregnancy completely, and that should really be in the end time. Um, And then if our BMI is just overweight of 25 to 29, we would expect to gain about 15 to 25 pounds. And then for an ideal body weight, any range of 25 to 35 pounds. If underweight, we can gain up to that 40 pound range. Um, But again, regardless, we don't have any additional calorie needs during the first trimester. Um, And so if we are overweight, that actually be a time to be mindful of calorie control, ensuring you're getting all of your protein needs and and really watching the carbs. Um, When we go into the second trimester, for a healthy weight individual, we're looking at an extra 300 to, to 350 calories a day. And then in that third trimester, we're adding more of like that 450 calories a day um, beyond what we would take in when not pregnant, which could be difficult to do because there's not a lot of space in there. And no, it doesn't feel like eating. It's really hard. <laughs> I think second trimester is the easiest time to eat. It totally the first is. First trimester. No yeah, exactly. Yep. It's yep. that like sweet spot of everything, really. You're not too big to like tie your shoes and. Uh, yes can eat all the fun snacks um but in general we don't want to go on like an aggressive weight loss approach Um, we don't want to do anything that would mobilize you know toxins and we know that toxins are stored in our body fat so we want to go low and slow if we are targeting weight loss 
And, you know, just by really cleaning up the diet, focusing on a clean, antioxidant-rich, anti-inflammatory, leading with protein type of diet, um, could be keto, but could be, you know, somewhere in that like low glycemic range, yeah. depending on where you started, um, I think would be a sweet spot where you could see, you know, very minimal weight gain. Yeah. So this individual could do the 10-day detox class to learn about the clean eating element, yes. but they would not be taking the detox packs during that pregnancy because we don't want to upregulate actual right. detoxification, but to be empowered and learn about how processed foods are poisoned. In, yes, might be a really good entry point. Um, you know, if it's a family member or someone like that, you'd be like, okay, well, this is a, a program from these girls that I follow, and it's just you know, kind of clean eating 101. The other place to enter would be maybe the Food is Medicine mm-hmm. for the Whole Family program, and um, that really talks about nourishing your body um, throughout the entire life cycle. And there's a lot of tips on healthy eating in the household, so great ways to get the other kiddos, or if this is the first baby, to really reframe the household for optimal eating so that we also aren't dealing with childhood obesity or you know, creating bad habits to observe from our children's side of the story as well. So kind of creating that foundation to inspire the household for clean eating, I think is huge for sure. Totally. And there was a study published in the BMJ um, that found that women with obesity who are offered diet and exercise um, counseling as well as um, I think their exercise was mostly walking um, with these interventions and dietary changes, they were associated with a 33% risk of reduced risk of preeclampsia, 61% reduced risk of gestational diabetes, as well as reduced risk of preterm delivery for those obese individuals. So nothing against making some great lifestyle changes when you're pregnant. Yep. Your baby will take what it needs from you. So if you're losing some weight on the scale, nothing to worry about. Um, But yes, the big focus is nourishment and abundance of all of the nutrients that baby needs. All right. This one, is there anything that will help with heartburn? And I believe this was asked in the context of pregnancy, but I think we can talk about it just across the board. Yeah. So in episode 242, uh, we cover all about reflux and heartburn. Um, And so there's tons of literature in there. We talk all about PPI drugs and antacids and why you need to avoid them. So if you haven't heard that episode, check that out for sure. Um, The first thing that comes to mind for sure is our GI lining support. Uh, This is going to have L-glutamine, as well as DGL or deglycerized licorice root and aloe. And these three as a trifecta aid in supporting gut integrity, literally supporting the lining of your gut, hence GI lining support, and also cooling um, the tissue that lines the gut. So we're getting that oopy goopy delivery of the DGL and aloe, which are anti-inflammatory and can help with that burning sensation. Um, digest aid would be another thing that we'd bring in often um, when we are dealing with heartburn or reflux especially following meal times it's due to dyspepsia or a lack of adequate stomach acid or a lack of digestive enzymes and so we get more mechanical cramping or more fermentation going on that creates pressure and irritation so digest aid would be fabulous to take to prevent the heartburn and reflux following food consumption um, definitely ensuring positioning around mealtime, like smaller meals and not stretching too much in the gastric area and also not laying down or um, laying down, especially within an hour of eating would not be a good idea here. 
Um, priming your stomach acidity with an apple cider vinegar shooter, like a tablespoon um, in an ounce of water. Um, and then even purchasing aloe vera juice that you can keep cool in the refrigerator and take about an ounce shooter of that. Um, or using the aloe vera in popsicles. And you could do a bone broth aloe vera popsicle, um, which could be really cooling and supporting as well. Hmm, I like that idea. Yeah. All right. Can you treat oral thrush safely during pregnancy? Okay, so thrush is going to be um, often fungal um, on the tongue. And often when individuals are dealing with like mastitis, they might see mastitis and thrush Mm -hmm. going on. Um, Mastitis would be, of course, infection in the nipples um, when we're talking about times of lactation and breastfeeding. Um, And so if there is fungal overgrowth in the body, it can come out in those areas. We can also see a vaginal yeast infection. Um, We don't like to take high amounts of antifungals, like doing the entire um, beat the bloat um, protocol, especially um, during pregnancy. And then we would do a modified version of the protocol during breastfeeding. Um, We do cover that in our beat the bloat program, um, which is just $29.99. That includes the ebook and um, has adjustments um, if needed. Um, I think Becky and I shared in the last pregnancy episode that we did that, you know, I took berberine for a period of time Mm -hmm. during my pregnancy as approved by my midwife. Um, Because again, if you're talking about a foodborne illness and endotoxins, um, or if you're talking about a dynamic yeast flare, we're still going to need some support. Sure. But the best go-to would be the Rebuild Spectrum probiotic because that's going to have that Saccharomyces boulardii in there. Um, That's also going to have a robust amount of good gut bacteria strains to kind of compete against and fight off that bad flora. I would do the GI cleanup, which is absolutely safe during pregnancy. This is going to also eat away at space of dysbiosis without having a harsh antifungal antibacterial. You could follow the entire diet of the Beat the Bloat protocol. And so again, that program could be very helpful and then have a plan postpartum. And then um, we could do things topically. So definitely, I I mentioned with the um, geographic tongue, the coconut oil pulling plus the perio wash. Um, You might, in this case, also even bring in some colloidal silver oral spray. And then um, for thrush, you could do absolutely the tongue scraping. Sure. Um, And so that's just a great way to just kind of reset on a cellular level, kind of coating off um, any of that buildup and debris. All right. Should we do one more? Yeah. One more question. Let's see. How about this one? Uh, Or two more because we have... We have some holiday Holidays. treats. Okay, good. Um, let's see. Best baking flour options for nutrients and also outcomes of my recipes actually turning out. Yes. So I am a big fan, as is Becky, of almond flour. Um, and this is because almond flour, I believe, has the best texture as well as mouthfeel and nutrient density. So a single serving of a quarter cup of almond flour has 160 calories, six grams of carbs, three of those are fiber, so half of the carbs coming from fiber, and seven grams of protein. Um, Now, I'll sometimes, and in some recipes, incorporate small amounts, meaning like less than an eighth of the ratio of my almond flour in coconut flour. Mm -hmm. Um, Coconut flour, also very high in fiber, very nutrient dense, but it is quite cakey and dry. 
And so if you use too much coconut flour, even like a two to one ratio of almond flour to coconut flour, that texture in my perspective is not optimal and it really sucks the moisture out of your recipe and can be um, very cakey, very dry and almost like choking yeah. <laughs> as a texture. It requires a lot of saliva. Um, so I generally will lead really dominant or exclusively use almond flour. Um, I was looking at some of the other options out there. And so there's Bob's Red Mill Paleo Baking Blend. Um, a quarter cup of this um, is a little bit lower in calories, 110 calories versus the 160. But when we're comparing carbs, it's double the carbs, 13 grams of carbs versus the six grams of carbs in the almond flour. And then um, you're still getting three grams of fiber, whereas again, you're getting six carbs, three grams of fiber with the almond flour. And then you're getting um, almost double the amount of protein in the almond flour where you're only getting four grams of protein in that blend. Um, and what I'm not so sure about in this blend, it leads with almond flour, but then the second ingredient is arrowroot starch, then it has that coconut flour, and then tapioca flour. So um, the uh, product itself is still pretty drying. It has more of that cakiness, um, but the amount of arrowroot in volume, be that that's the second ingredient, um, and the tapioca flour, both of those are pretty high. Um, and I don't really consider those as traditional wholesome foods. Sure. I'm happy to use arrowroot as a thickener right, in like a, a sauce. Teaspoon, tablespoon yeah. time, yeah. And make a slurry and then incorporate it into a dish. But if I'm using two cups of this flour blend in a muffin, you know, that's pretty high in that arrowroot starch and, and tapioca flour, which are going to be more processed or refined than just using an almond flour and coconut flour blend. Yeah, and those textures tend to get more like gummy sticky with those yes. two types of flours too yes and then there's the cup for cup which is often used like if you're um and any i would say generally speaking if you're like at a coffee shop or mm -hmm. anywhere you're buying a gluten-free baked something probably they're using cup for cup because that's the one that's just like really performed well in the culinary world yes. and in baked goods like it the was thomas, thomas keller yes. yeah <laughs> thomas keller's uh baked blend um, but I mean, for a quarter cup of this, we're looking at 26 grams of carbs. So we went from six grams in almond flour, 13 in the paleo baking blend to 26. Mm. So that's a huge, yep. remarkable increase in carbs. Um, so you really can't use cup for cup and then make one of our naturally nourished recipes and consider it keto-ish because it's super refined in the carbohydrates. There's zero grams of dietary fiber in those 26 grams of carbs and only two grams of protein. Yep. And no nourishing fats yeah it's kind of an empty food it looks like yeah so the first ingredient here is cornstarch and i think that's where the bob's red mill's trying to use that arrowroot starch to like mm -hmm. get similar texture but the first ingredient here is cornstarch you're just eating cornstarch followed by white rice flour brown rice flour milk powder tapioca flour potato starch and xanthan gum um, so really that's getting quite far from a whole food and definitely not low glycemic and definitely not providing us the nourishing compounds. So almond flour takes the cake. Um, if you haven't tried our thumbprint cookies, those are a really fun one to make on the holidays. Um, those are in the anti-anxiety diet and the anti-anxiety diet cookbook. Um, I have tons of almond flour based recipes in the anti-anxiety diet cookbook. So that could be a really fun stocking stuffer or something to purchase for yourself now if you're looking at getting on track, um, back on track from the holidays. Yes, and the almond flour cutouts are a really fun one to yeah. do around the holidays too as a way to involve 
kiddos, and those are are they fully almond flour? Or is there a tiny bit of there's coconut? Tiny in there? coconut there's tiny coconut flour bit, and like butter. Two tablespoons or something. Yeah, it's a really a ton clean of butter. Good amount. A lot of butter. of butter. We can link that YouTube video yep. where we make those cutouts with stealth. All right, last question. What's on your holiday wish list this year? All right. So me personally, I am finally getting my sunlight and sauna. I feel like I've talked about it forever. Um, I'm getting the signature two, and this is going to go into my um, master closet area. So I actually had my builder like make a little space specifically for the sunlight and sauna, and I'm really excited that that's going to be a practice that I can use to support detoxification aid in metabolic health as well as stress reduction and relaxation support cortisol metabolism i mean there's just so many benefits i can link the episode that we did on um, sauna and the difference of far infrared um, and um, what we're looking at with a sauna versus a steam sauna um, and the difference that we see in both the far and near infrared um, you can use the code Allie miller rd with sunlight and sauna i'll put their link here too um, to save 200 dollars off so this is like a super baller holiday gift but could be something that you get with your partner as something to just invest in your wellness and um, might be better used than a Peloton bike or right. something that you purchase in the exercise realm that sits there um, because this could be a really great way where you practice your daily gratitude or prayer. Um, passive exercise yeah. too. We talk about the cardiovascular benefits in that episode yes. and, and how it Pretty can be awesome. similar to like walking. <laughs> yes. So I'm all about that. And especially as it's like getting cold now, yeah. I know cold relative in Texas, but um, this is going to be something I'm really going to look forward to when we move in in January to spend a lot of time in. Um, so you can use Allie Miller RD and save $200 off a of sunlight and sauna. Um, other kind of wellness oriented presents, the Nakano Knives. Um, they have beautiful sets of their chef knife or a three knife blend with a paring knife. And then what's the other one in there? The other like one's a, a sashimi yes. knife. Um, and it's more of like a blunt um, tip, like one of those square Which shoppy knives. I use that for like cutting winter squashes yeah, also. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. um, so lots of um, great ability to use. And these are really solid knives. They're beautiful. They're boxed really beautifully. It would be a really fabulous gift, maybe with like a chef's apron. Um, Headley and Bennett, or how do we, what's that line? I think it's Headley and Bennett. Headley and Bennett. um, We both have their um, aprons and they have really fun, different patterns. Stella had one that she grew out of. Maybe I'll have to get her an updated apron this Christmas. Uh, let's see along the lines. What are you asking for, Becky? What's your big wish list? Um, a very calm transition to two children and <laughs> an easy postpartum. I don't know. Um, I think a, a whole house water filter. Um, we have not done that yet. I think we're staying in our house for a little bit longer than planned. Um, and so I'm thinking I would like to have, you know, whole house filtration right now we're relying yes. on the mountain valley um, glass jugs for our drinking water which is fine um, but I also use that like for my bone broth and for my cooking so we yeah. go through a lot of it um, and I would just like to have the peace of mind that like any faucet in my house even you know for showers and baths and things because we're doing a lot of baths with kids in this future self time <laughs> with two kids um, just having that peace of mind that you know we're on municipal water otherwise and we talk in that water episode about all the yucky passive exposure stuff so i think that would be my big my big ask yeah so we can link again the savings from radiant life 
um, that we mentioned earlier when talking about water. I think that's a great one. I, I love the like joint household wellness gifts in the holidays and it just allows so much of an alleviation of stress as long as you can stick to it right? Uh, and like be like, no, you actually don't have to get me anything. Just write me a card. That's usually what I ask for. Um, but other funsy things. So we talked about the knives. Um, I mentioned in today's ad, the Santa Cruz Medicinals. I think it'd be really cool to get a CBD tincture for like a parent. Like if it's something that you are enjoying and you're like, okay, my mom totally needs to mellow needs, out. Yeah. <laughs> this and Gabacom probably, yeah, <laughs> Gabacom and a CBD tincture um, or maybe a CBD salve for dad with his rotator cuff um, or for the athletic teen, um, a great kind of stocking stuffer there. Um, a naturally nourished supplement bundle in that vein could be really cool. So like the anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. bundle for a parent um, or going for the keto essentials bundle for your spouse because they're going to do the keto class with you. Um, you could get a spot for the live keto class or a gift card, which would work really well. As I mentioned, you can do that in any increment. Um, and then um, other fun things for the householder stocking stuffers, Peak State Coffee. Um, so we talked about them back in our KetoCon wrap, wrap up and KetoCon updates. Um, you can use um, Allie Miller RD when you go on over to peakstatecoffee.com slash Allie Miller RD. These are really beautiful fair trade beans um, that are sourced all over, um, best growing and um, best practices and um, certified organic. And then what they do is they're going to use a tincture of nootropics, so like medicinal mushrooms. Um, So they're adding things like turkey tail and reishi um, to actually infuse the whole bean. Um, And then you get your whole beans that still smell like amazing coffee. They don't have any funk, any mushroom taste to them, Um, but they do have that brain enhancement and that stress regulation. So you can still get whole bean, grind them, them, uh, maybe get this individual like a couple bags of the peak steak um, coffee and then maybe a cool pour over or a French press or something like that for a coffee lover that still needs a little bit of um, maybe some stress reduction or, or um, brain support. And this actually got me back into coffee drinking. I'm still doing predominantly green tea, um, but the Peak State Coffee is one that I don't get that adrenaline surge or that shakiness. Um, so again, you can go peakstatecoffee.com slash RD and check them out. Maybe put some fond bone broth in a stocking. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. right? That'd be. A good I mean, one. and their four packs are so beautiful. They are. You They're can just so pick their their favorites or their top sellers. Um, the artisan jars are awesome. So you know, fondbonebroth.com slash Allie Miller RD, or you can use Allie Miller RD to save there. Uh, that'd be a great thing to like send to a couple family members, like aunts and uncles, um, if maybe not to get a gift, but to just say, you know, like here's a great toast to your wellness mm-hmm. and um, get you through the holiday season. And then um, along that vein, we talked about alcohol fitting, but dry farm wines, you can get an individual subscription. So that might be something to ask your partner for or um, a loved one or people in the office. Um, You can do a three or a six uh, bottle subscription. You can do a mix or all reds or all whites or all bubbles even. Um, And you can use the code RD, and then you can get a bottle added to your order for just a penny when you subscribe to an offering. And I love it. And then a naturally nourished gift card, if all else fails, I think is a fabulous tool. Or um, up-leveling with that bundle that we mentioned, supplement bundle, and, you know, getting someone a subscription, like getting them the essential wellness bundle for your dad or another loved one that you're like, I'm just going to lock you in with 
you know, the three supplements you need I love that. for the next six months or for the next year. And that has a 10% savings um, applied direct to the price. Yeah. Well, there's 12% off 12%. if it's a bundle. You're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. 10% off for any subscription item. So when you subscribe to any product, but then the bundles have 12%, 12% off. 12%. So. Even better than 10. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, hopefully y'all enjoyed today's lighter grab bag format of the episode. Uh, We are rounding out the end of the year. So just take some time as you hang up or I guess get off of this application of what you're listening to the podcast and just do a little bit of your own personal inventory of what you're looking forward to in the new year, how you're going to reclaim your health and go on over to AllieMillerRD.com. And we strongly recommend you consider a spot in our 10 day detox live class starting on January 4th or really taking the big leap into our live ketosis program starting on January 18th. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.